Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Welcome in. Welcome in. It is 7.31 a.m. Mountain Time, November 29th, Monday morning, which means it's time for a somewhat instant reaction wake up with your coffee show for the broncos coming off of a a victory a honestly a very solid victory um a butt whipping almost of the los angeles chargers your denver broncos are six and five good morning scott how are you good morning good morning i think of this as the morning after you know it's kind of like all right we've slept on it now what do we think you know the 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 gut reaction was last night this is when you're either super high or really pissed uh this is the morning after you have a little chance to think on it and maybe give maybe give a little bit more rational be a little bit more rational about it but it was pretty easy to be rational last night because like you said that there wasn't a lot of doubt about that one uh no. the, the the broncos that was a pretty comprehensive beating of the chargers yeah no the chargers looked like a team that uh relies completely on their quarterback and if he isn't playing like a superhero uh they're gonna struggle and when he plays like a superhero um, they win. So that's, I don't know if there's a team right now that's as correlated to their team success uh, as their, their quarterback goes, but alas, the Broncos played complimentary football and beat up on the Los Angeles Chargers at home. And boy, does that feel good. Uh, we got Max coming in with five pounds out of the gate. Thank you so much, Max. And he says, just got a call at Scott real quick. Uh-oh, Scott. He predicted the Chargers to blow out the Broncos. Is Sertan better than you guys thought he'd be this quick? Well, Max, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to speak for Scott here, but um, you can call me out anytime as long as it comes with a super chat. I, I am totally call me out, Dad. Uh, Daddy, come on. I'm fine with it. I, uh, <laughs> I used to joke when people complained about rankings on, yeah. on Scout when I was doing those. I'm like, you know, this is what we pay for. I'm like, no, you don't. The rankings are free. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. then what are we paying for? I'm like, you're calling for, you're, you're paying for the right to call me an idiot and for me to be here and listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, I, I think I said 31 17 was my score. Cause I know mm-hmm. I didn't like the over under, which was, I think at 47 and a half, but I liked that. I like the chargers on that. Uh, I don't think I was alone. Um, no. so you're going to be real busy calling out people that pick the chargers in that one. Um, but the, the pattern, if there is a pattern in these games of the getting beat when you don't think they should, and, and then beating the teams, they shouldn't, it's the teams that are bullying them in the trenches that are winning. And so far, the teams that, that aren't necessarily like that, the Broncos have handled. So you're matching up. That's that's what gives me pause about, you know, is this Cincinnati Bengals team coming up? Are they a true AFC North type of competition where you've seen the struggles against the Ravens, the Steelers, the Browns, the, the Eagles? Eagles? They're almost AFC North. They're yeah. kind of up in that area. Uh, those teams that are really strong in the trenches, you've, you've struggled with, even though mm-hmm. other teams have beaten them. Uh, the teams that aren't that way, uh, you, you've taken care of business. And last night, I think, was the best job we've seen on both lines of scrimmage uh, so far all, against decent competition, hell, yeah. even against bad competition that we've seen all, all year. When you, you guys have heard us say it a zillion times, when you can handle, when you can pressure the quarterback with a front four, you're a really tough defense to beat. 
Yeah, and yep. that was as good as I've seen a, a four-man rush in the Denver Broncos this year. Listen up, Broncos country. Tick Pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets, TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. Uh, Max, appreciate it. Appreciate your uh, your support. Yeah, thanks so much, Max. We appreciate that. And Klee coming in to your rescue, saying, can you blame Scott, who can predict the Broncos team will decide to show up any given week? I think this is uh, this goes beyond Denver. I mean, this is a, such a, we've been saying it for a couple of weeks now, at least I have. This is such a parody-driven league, and there are so many teams that are just right there in the middle and uh, trying to predict who's going to win week to week, uh, game to game, has been very difficult. Um, and there's really not much uh, cream rising to the crop, uh, rising to the top as far as the NFL this season. I feel like Nick with the Broncos, I'm like one of seven. Yeah, they're just I so mean, hard to predict. I mean, who's going to show up know, after winning three in a row? I think you know the 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 Ravens were beat up. I'm like, okay, home game, you can win that game. Pfft, no, um, I may have finally jumped off the bandwagon on the lost one, so I lost three or four there. I didn't pick them to pick the, to beat the Cowboys. You know who, who would have? Yeah, um, I think I did pick the the Washington football team but I definitely didn't pick the I picked the Eagles to win so that's the only one I feel like I've gotten right in two months <laughs> well um I feel like every time I pick against them they win so uh, I'm just gonna keep on that train because I'm not gonna mess with good juju uh Jamie coming in and saying I have no idea who the Broncos are because one week they look like world beaters and the next week they look like they don't want to be on the field uh Mo saying if only Vegas let me bet on the number of injuries we'd sustain each game oh my god at this point it's crazy Clee uh, commented on that as well. Fangio must be coach of the year. Oh my God. Well, what a, what a ride this has been. Uh, much be a coach. You know, of the year I mean, honestly, the there's something to that y'all. Um, if you take a look at the outside and you start thinking, just, you know, forget everything, you know, and just listen to this. The Broncos just dominated a six and four chargers team with four backup linemen and a backup to a backup on the offensive line. They've lost every single linebacker they had. They've lost uh, Vaughn Miller. Bradley Chubb was just back in, and they just dominated that game. They're one game out of first place. And they're out without a starting defensive tackle as well. That's That sounds like a hell of a coaching job, you know, yeah. from the outside looking in. Now, there's more factors to that, obviously. You know, there, we, we've talked about the, the good depth on this team and all of those type of things. Um, but this this hasn't been overall the big picture. Six and five right now with all these injuries is not a bad job. No, not at all. Um, <clears throat> man, you really wish looking back, they could have held or come back and beaten the Pittsburgh Steelers team. That team seems to be falling apart, um, held together by, <laughs> along with Ben Roethlisberger's arm, held together by duct tape, and they're falling apart. And uh, the Browns game as well. <clears throat> man, the Broncos got a really bad break in that one. Teddy coming off the uh, the injury and the Broncos playing 
two linebackers on a short week on the road. I mean, I feel like if that had been a normal Sunday night game, we actually have a chance, but trying to get those linebackers good to go against the Browns in that short week, so hard to do. Um, but we, here we are six and five, everything you want to do is right in front of you. And like I mean, we said about that Browns team, trenches. their injuries weren't in their strengths. Yeah. You know, yeah. they had injuries, but their strengths were on the offensive line and their defense. And those were still in good shape at the time. You know, they're not playing that well now and they've no. come back down. Dave, appreciate the stars on those yeah. as always. Appreciate much you, love, much love blue and orange. And it does show up on, uh, on the Facebook and user end. it shows up black and white on our screen on here, but that doesn't matter. It's what you yeah. see that matters. Exactly. A lot of people coming in DBAs in the house, Trevor Sandoval, Mark Lindem or Sandal, uh, Mark Lindemode. Good morning, everybody. Good to see you. We got robot of doom. Good morning, fellas, making some breakfast sandwiches while listening to the best podcast in Broncos country, robot of doom. You flatter us. That's so nice of you. Jamal killings. Good morning to you. PS two bald yesterday. Uh, we got Miguel, Santa Steven coming in here. Good morning, fellas. I hope we maintain this momentum. Can't give stars right now. Black Friday killed the wallet. I feel that, Miguel. <laughs> I feel that. Um, we also got uh, DeAndre Witherspoon saying three and four in the conference. You know what? You got plenty of chance to move that uh, the, the correct direction going forward. DeAndre Witherspoon saying big win yesterday. Heck yeah. Um, Jetty Splash picked the Chargers. I did too. No no shame there. Uh, Yvonne coming in here saying. Yeah, uh, oh, uh, with Yvonne, uh, it says, good morning. How about that win? Credit to young talents, especially on defense. And, and JW, Javante Williams. Yeah. Um, we've talked about it a lot. And I think because of the limited, if you look percentage wise, I think, you know, we, we've, I've said 75 plays, 25 throws, 50 touches for the running backs. We didn't get 75 plays. You had three possessions in the second half. Proportion wise, I think it worked out about where you want it to be, where the, yeah. the, uh, the running backs are carrying the load. I mean, you're going against the league's worst rush defense. You've got two number one running backs. Yep. This, this was this was this was a pretty easy formula, uh, and the defense held up their end of things for sure. Defense played, I think the defense played their best game of the year. Yeah, I agree with you. And to your point further, um, the Broncos' offensive line was extremely injured and banged up, and uh, the guys that came in, it's much easier. Typically, it's much easier to be a run blocker than a pass blocker. Um, but that's ex especially true for Natane Moody and. Uh, Quinn Miners. Um, mm -hmm. There were some plays that both both those guys opened up and moved Earth uh, in the run game. But there were some plays in the run or the pass game where they just got they whiffed. You know, Olay, the pass rusher gets right by him and uh, in the face of Teddy Bridgewater or Drew Locke. Um, but you take those kind of plays, you limit them, you take them off the field, and you make the Chargers defense think that I have to play gap control. I have to look for the run because they're gashing us right now. They're moving us off the line, and that can uh, really nullify a pass rush so much when you are that physical with the run game. And it worked. It, it worked. Um, so thank you so much, Yvonne, for the, uh, the stars here. Um, can he can continues with this yep, performance? Double dipping, man. I love it. Yvonne, uh, happy black Monday to us, I guess, or something <laughs> with this performance. We cannot be certain that Fangio will not come back next season. I still believe that even though we don't, uh, reach the playoffs, he has the excuse of injuries. I think he's, I think they still got to make the playoffs. Um, George Payton is tried to do everything to empower Vic Fangio this season. And there's been games where he has not been very good Fangio and his defense has not lived up to it despite the investment I know there are injuries there but every single team has to deal with some injuries I think that it's not as much of an excuse as I'd like to, as I'd like to give um so you got everything in front of you you got six games left you need to finish probably what four and two uh down the stretch to make the playoffs to reach 10 wins um I would assume that four and two would get it done with the seven uh, playoff spots with 10 wins but I'm uh, thinking Nine and eight might sneak you in, honestly. 
they're they lost too many AFC games. Yeah, I think that's that's the biggest thing. I think they probably have to win ten because if it, if there's there's going to be a bunch of teams that have uh, that are nine and eight. Um, but still, uh, you know, that we'll see. Um, but yeah, no, it's great. We'll see. Um, we got Kayla saying every time I give uh, this them zero chance to win, they shut me up. I'm going to just keep assuming they lose. Uh, lose. You and I both, Kayla. Uh, Chris Fernandez, cheers to meaningful football in December. God bless you, Chris. That's one of my favorite points that we could make. Keith is in the house. Williams is a stud. Both running backs are a stud. I mean, I know everybody's really excited about Javon Williams. What he had three catch, three carries for or three catches for like 50 plus yards too, but Melvin Gordon had a heck of a game too, holding on to the football. Both those running backs complement each other very well. Um, have another drink of coffee and smash that like button says Mark. Um, and De- Della, I agree with you totally. Uh, well, good morning, Della Barker. Just being above 500 this late in the season is wonderful. Uh, amen to that. Uh, Deandre also coming in with the stats six and zero when they run for 100 yards or more and 30 plus run attempts and zero and five when they don't simple for the rest of the year, run the ball. I want to get into this because I think, uh, this is a classic example of correlation is not causation. Um, these are very much indicators of game flow. And what do I mean by that? I think this is as much about how the Broncos play and perform in the first half, in the first quarter, in the, but specifically the first half, as anything. Um, the best Broncos team, when the defense is giving up touchdowns and the other team is marching down the field in the first half and the Broncos are playing from behind, the run game goes to the wayside because of course it does. It's really hard to play catch up with the run game because the clock, uh, the clock is your enemy at that point, not your friend. Um, so this, I think this is very much a uh, success. The first half staff as well, uh, stat as well. I would be, I would bet that uh, the games where the Broncos ran for or six and zero and ran for a hundred yards. They're at, at least they're at most down by one possession going into the second half. They're not, they're not getting whipped in the first half. Well, and the, the other part of this was, you know, they're able to get some yards on first down for a change. Uh, Eight for 11 on third down yesterday. Uh, That was significantly higher. I bet you, no, this is just, I call this seat of my pants analytics. Instead of the normal third and eight or third and nine, it was closer to third and four on average Mm -hmm. because you were winning first and second down against the team that couldn't stop the run and you ran the ball. Mm -hmm. So, uh, three for three in the red zone, eight for 11 on, uh, on third down. You're, you're going to be a tough team to beat that way, especially if you get a, an extra, uh, and actually that was for the first part of Max's question. The second part of Max's question about Pat Sertan, especially when you get a, a defensive score, um, is he as good as you thought he'd be right now? Mm, yeah, he is. In, in fact, you know, I, I think he's taken a little, for me, he's actually taken a little bit longer to get there than I was expecting. I was expecting him to be kind of a plug and play right away and, you know, half yeah. a season. Um, if the other guys, the veterans had been playing better, I think you would have noticed Sertan maybe a little more because mm. um, he's still a rookie. But yeah, I, I expected him to be really, really good uh, on this team. He was a guy I said that the, the Broncos should draft back when I knew you needed corners in January. This was before free agency. He was For me, he was the best cornerback in this draft. Um, a top 10 guy in a draft that was loaded with special top 10 guys this year that this is a, a pro bowl cornerback for years to come. So yeah. I'm not surprised at, at the success that he's having. No, I'm not because he was really good and it was a good pick. Yeah. And uh football defense, especially is so much about the guys around you doing their job. So that way you are in a position to take advantage. And like that Pat Sertan pick six, um, you're not playing that type of defense. If the rest of the, so it was a zone coverage, obviously, and you're not playing that kind of defense. If the rest of the guys aren't getting it done and they're, you're getting torched, you're probably going to a man look, but because they can, you know, sit back there, all eyes on the quarterback coming forward, 
you can take advantage of that when the ball kicks up in the air because it's going to happen at some point. And he's right time, right place, right time. Pressure guys are getting home. Uh, Patrick Stan got a game ball. First thing he does is credit the uh, the pass rush uh, consistently winning up front. Which hats off to them. Rashawn Slater looked like a rookie out there um, for the Chargers on the offensive line. And Patrick Sertan comes down with two, and he had a good game. Also, credit to Sertan um, getting those opportunities over on the other side of the field. They challenged Darby early, and Darby made a couple great plays on the ball in some tough situations. I mean, Mike Williams made a highlight catch. I know they called offensive uh, pass interference on one of his that I wasn't sure about, but uh, they got it done. And then uh, Herbert started going to Sertan, and that didn't work out for him. So uh, we got Michael coming in here saying, good morning, Nick and Scott on Broncos for breakfast. Go Broncos. Travis is also in the house. Morning, fellas. Such a good weekend of football. Broncos and Hawkeyes got it done. Travis, I, I bet as far you, as Travis. I, Travis, I bet you are like me. I am just, I'm going to be a bottle of nerves all week. Hawkeyes for the Big Ten Championship versus Michigan uh, Saturday night, and then Denver for versus Kansas City in Arrowhead for the AFC West lead. Uh, my God, this could this could go really poorly or really greatly uh, for me either way, but we'll see. Lawrence is in the house too, always a big star giver for us. Man, I was wrong on the prediction, but I guess our primetime game needed that win. Hopefully we can get more instead of the Raiders. Um, man, that Raiders win, win this week really threw a wrench in things. DWI, guys. Morning, gents. Good win yesterday. Ethan, it's great to see you. Hope you're doing well uh, this fine morning across the pond there. I mean, I'll let Scott, Scott look over here to see if we have any uh, supers that I'm missing. But yeah, here's, I wanna, a, here's right. a new name real quick. Um, Alan, I don't recognize that name. Uh, I was coming with some stars this morning. So appreciate you, Alan. Uh, you might be not be new to the show, but you're you're new to me. And I haven't been around here that long. So a lot of y'all have been around here a lot longer than I have. So uh, welcome. Uh, appreciate the support this morning. Yeah, no, totally. And uh, Clee saying, uh, imagine Michigan beating Ohio State then losing to Iowa. Hey, man, anything can happen. Iowa plays kind of like what Denver did this last week where they want to run the football, play good, smart defense. Yeah, I mean, last time Michigan. When you win your Super Bowl a week early, you're you're ripe to get beat. You're ripe for a letdown. You either, it it can go one of two ways. You can either take that momentum and roll or there's a letdown. We've seen both of them happen a million times as much football as we've watched. Yeah, and the last time Michigan was ranked number two in the country, they went into Kinnick Stadium and lost the following game on a expiring uh, time expiring field goal in 2006. So uh, anything can happen. I don't think Iowa could match up with Ohio State, but Michigan, they're not that type of offense. So we'll see. Gary Leeds Palmer coming in. Great morning, all. Uh, good morning, all. Great win. God bless you, Gary. Great to see you. Uh, hope you had a great Thanksgiving. And thank you so much for the support. Yeah, what a great win. Um, I want to get into this first. Um, I want to give a shout out first to the defense. What a great game. Um, what did you think of the Broncos defensive front, uh, the front seven specifically in this game? I know a lot of people want to talk uh, Patrick Sertan, which Miguel coming in. I don't want to hear about Justin Fields anymore. Patrick Sertan, the second equals instant contributor. Let's wait, you know, four or five years here. The Broncos are at quarterback. But as Scott likes to say, and I really appreciate uh, this perspective, you, you don't lose by passing Justin Fields. You lose by taking somebody there that is a, a bust, a bad player. Patrick Sertan is so far from a bust. Um, he looks like he could be one of the top 10. He might already be one of the top 15 cornerbacks in football. Um, Scott's saying, you know, you got a Pro Bowl coming up. I mean, with his, how young he is, his skill set. I mean, you could be talking about a guy who could be a legitimate all pro. I mean, they were talking about a step above Pro Bowl. So, um, you know, Broncos aren't, they have to figure out the quarterback, right? They still have to figure out the quarterback long term. But you need good players around that quarterback whenever you get them. And Sertan looks like he's going to be a decade-plus-long guy at one of the hardest positions to find in the NFL. Yeah, if you keep stocking your team with uh, – and I'm showing one bar on my internet for some reason, so uh, let me know if it's freezing up or anything. But if you keep stocking your team with good players, you're going to be all right. You know, And, and he would, Patrick Sertan was a good pick. Justin Fields, you may regret 
down the road, Justin Fields ends up being the guy and you had a chance. But I don't think you're going to look back. I, I like to think of it as, you know, Michael Jordan went number three. You think the Houston Rockets were regretted taking Akeem Olajuwon? No. Akeem, Akeem the Dream's one of the best players. I think he's one of the most underrated superstars of all time. That was a, that was a fine pick. It was the next guy. It was Sam Bowie who went number two. That's the one that killed you. Not taking Akeem. Not passing on Michael Jordan. Akeem was the man. Now, would it have been nice to have Michael Jordan? Yeah, of course. But, you know, you don't regret taking a guy like Akeem Olajuwon. And you're not going to regret taking a guy like Patrick Sertan. Yeah. Oh, and we lost your sound there in the last one there. Unless you're a little bit behind. Um, Scott's dealing with little internet issues there. Um, but, yeah, no, I want to get into the uh, the pass rush. I thought these guys had an excellent game. Uh, I know that I said it. I don't know if it was on one of the morning shows or not. But I really, really do not uh, respect this sounds so rude. I don't really think uh, m- much of Joe Lombardi as an offensive coordinator. And I think that really showed in this game with Justin Herbert and the Broncos pass rushers got home. I know that Bradley Chubb did not have the most uh, impactful game as far as the stat sheet goes, but he was getting double teamed pretty often. Um, I, th- I saw a lot of plays on third down where the opponent uh, the chargers decided that they needed to send a running black back and a tackle uh, to block Bradley Chubb uh, to give him a, to chip him. And uh, that freed up guys like Jonathan Cooper that freed up on the uh, McTelvin Ajim sack. Um, they allocated two blockers to Bradley Chubb and McTelvin Ajim wins his one-on-one and gets home. I mean, that's the stuff where they've missed that guy on the edge uh, since Vaughn was traded. And since Chubb has been off and when you're freeing up a guy like Cooper on the edge with a one-on-one with Reed on the edge of the one-on-one guys who can play further from the offensive line. Now that you have Chubb who can be more of a true hand in the dirt edge, um, the often the defensive pass rush looked, so much better, so much more consistent this week. And that was without Shelby Harris. So uh, hats off to them. And uh, we got Ivan coming back and saying, I love the energy that Young brings to the defense. We should sign him. The one I, w- I wanted to get into the linebackers as well. Um, Young caught my eye in this game, but I'm going to be real with you guys. Number 56, Baron Browning, 100th overall pick in the draft. That dude was everywhere. What a great game from Baron Browning. If that kid can stay healthy, you got, you're talking about a different type of linebacker out there for the Broncos than they've had for a while. The guy is a freak. He is massive. He can move. I mean, there was a play that play in uh, coverage that he had where it was zone. He looked like he covered about three different guys uh, that came across his zone and then dropped back and got his hands skied and got his hands on the ball. I mean, that's, that's a different level play for a linebacker and to be one that's, you know, what it was a six, four two fifty in the athlete that he is amazing. So I'm, I'm so excited for uh, Baron Browning going forward on this team. Uh, Kenny Young had a great game as well, no doubt about it. But uh, Young, to me, was the one who stood out consistently. 56 flashing on the screen. Coverage, pass rush, run defense. Uh, that kid has a chance to be a difference maker. And the Broncos took him with a compensatory pick in the third round. Yeah, I'm still showing different. – I've connected to three different routers, and I'm still showing just you look one better now. bar. You look better now. You sound better, too. Yeah, well, as good as I can anyway. Uh, sorry, I'm not better looking. Um, no, you, you started asking me about the front four and, yeah. uh, you know, the, the front four was dominating. It didn't matter who was in there. You were getting se- several different names in there. Weatherly, Ajim, um, you know, Bradley Chubb coming in, um, Cooper, you know, it kept on going. Shamar Stevens, all, all these guys just kept, kept coming in, in waves. Uh, Deshaun Williams, one of my favorite players, uh, was, was in there, you know, drawing a big hold and, and hitting the quarterback, even on plays they were making, they were getting pressure. So, uh, front four dominated this game, and that makes everything easy for the ba- the guys behind them. Yeah, 
They were very good. I was, it was also really good to see uh, Mike Purcell back out there, not only back on the field, but uh, two-gapping. Um, I feel like the Broncos kind of went away from Purcell doing as much of the two-gapping in uh, some recent weeks, and he looked – the defense looked much better with him there, uh, truly two-gapping, so it was great to see him doing that. Uh, Scott, I'll let you work the, uh, the back end here to see if we have anything, but it's incredible um, to have this defensive front seven looking like they did, and I know that everybody wants to blow some premium resources at the linebacker position because I think that it's a very romanticized position, but you're talking about a one of the last picks, actually the last pick of the third round in Baron Browning, uh, pick 100, and a guy that you traded for in Kenny Young, who wasn't here preseason. Um, he does, has played in this defense, at least, knowing the scheme somewhat, but uh, he wasn't here in preseason. You traded a 2023 seventh and got Kenny Young in a 2024 seventh round pick. Broncos are paying next to nothing for the linebacker position, right? For resources, they put in nothing and they got such difference makers out there. So really it's, I don't want to say that linebackers are the, the running back of the defense, but I mean, they really, uh, they, good job by Fangio. Good job by Peyton, not spending premium resources and getting incredible uh, return on investment at the linebacker position. Uh, after that, I want to get to the, the secondary. Obviously it was a great game. We talked about Darby. We talked about Patrick Sertan. I was really impressed with uh, Kyle Fuller in this game as well. I thought Kyle Fuller had a, a pretty good game from the slot. Um, now, obviously, the ball has to go somewhere at some point, right? Like, people get upset about, oh, man, they're throwing it at the linebackers. We need to have two Luke Keekleys back there to have better linebacker play. Well, um, the offense is going to have to move the ball and try to target something. They tried Darby early. They tried Sertan. Both of those doors were pretty emphatically shut. So they went after Fuller, and Fuller did give up some yards. Um, he's not as quick twitch from the nickel as you'd love. But I thought he held up admirably, and um, overall, I mean, the defense, I can't really single anybody out that I thought had a a less than average game. Nobody was below average uh, as far as the defense goes when I can think about it. No, uh, everybody <laughs> contributed in that game. And, and like I said, it, was, it wasn't just the starters. You know, the, they kept, you, you, kept, you were throwing waves of players, and they, they were all coming through, which mm -hmm. is – which is great because then they start feeding off on each other. That that competition that you get from player to player and the momentum that it builds, uh, you really need it coming into this next game. And, uh, you know, primetime game, first place, Chiefs, Broncos. It's a good time to start playing well. Yeah. Yeah, no, and it's uh, great to have Chubb back. He's hopefully will be that much healthier and playing better going forward. And Clayton saying, yeah, our linebackers flew to the ball. I did a great job in coverage. Um, it's been a uh, – it's been pretty amazing uh, to see the defense here recently. And we got Matt, uh, Matt Henry coming in. Good morning, guys. Broncos for breakfast. Good to see you. Um, DBA saying I was down by the stadium yesterday. I saw that Jeremy was down at the stadium yesterday, too. Um, so congratulations on going to your first game. And while I'm I'm 0-7 in Broncos games that I've attended live. So uh, <laughs> somebody pay me to not go. That'd be great. Um, I was down by the stadium yesterday, but didn't go to the game. Need to watch a replay of it. Yeah, you definitely do. It was a great game. Um, and, man, talk about the formula. This is something we've preached. I've preached uh, while Scott tries to figure out his internet here um, all, all season, all off season um, that this Broncos team can win football games in a old school fashion, in a three phase fashion. Um, and that's what we saw this week. And I think this game really kicked off the, the, this game was won by the Broncos in the first four drives of the game um, that set up the game for the, the Broncos to win the rest of this game. So the, obviously they go down the field, they punted on that first drive, but they, I think it's a nine play drive, maybe an eight play drive that takes five minutes off the clock. They punt it. 
Amazing punt by Martin. Amazing coverage by Nate Harrison Jr. They put it down on the one yard line, the one yard line from the special teams. Um, and then the defense comes out. So now the, the Chargers are in a world of hurt. They are their backs up against their own goal line. And uh, one misstep could be a pick six, could be a safety, and you're in trouble at that point. Uh, Broncos then force a three and out from when the Chargers taking the ball at the one. Amazing. That run, uh, the run play on third and two, Kenny Young uh, knifes into the backfield, causes uh, Eckler to change his route, and Browning. Perfect patience, staying square with the line of scrimmage, coming up and meeting Young at the line of at the point of attack and pushing him back. It was an um, amazing play for the linebackers. Good job of the defensive line, forcing the Chargers to go three and out. And then after that, the Broncos get the ball on their on the Chargers side of the field. I think it was like the 48, marching down the field. Uh Teddy Bridgewater on second and goal from the eight, I would say, runs it in, protects the football, pulls it. I know there was some conversation on Twitter about oh, why didn't he throw it to Judy? It's second and goal from the eight in the first quarter in a zero-zero game. That would have that's a really risky throw to make there. Pulls it in, runs it down the right sideline for a touchdown. Broncos up seven to zero. Buddy, we are rolling at that point. If you are up, this team, the first quarter is so important for this Broncos team because if they can play with a lead, the run game, they can protect the quarterback, the offensive line. They don't have to put them in uh, drop back pass protection situations, and they can dictate up front. They can run the inside zone very effectively. Miners there at 77, getting a lot of push. Um, so, and then you don't have to rely on your quarterback in that drop back game. So three-phase game, Broncos winning on special teams, on defense, and then the run game, using that run game to control the point, uh, control the flow, uh, be physical at the point of attack, and um, then take your shots, calculated shots, to protect the offensive line, to protect your quarterback, and use that uh, play action. It's pretty incredible. Um, it's exactly how the Patriots are winning right now. You don't see a lot of people arguing BS about the, uh, oh, the Patriots, man, they need to air it out more. No, they're winning football games. They're, uh, Mac Jones is protecting the football. He's getting it to their guys in time. They're playing incredible defense, and uh, they're not asking their quarterback to reinvent the wheel. You know, you're not Aaron Rodgers, so don't ask him to go be Aaron Rodgers. It's the same thing with Teddy Bridgewater. He's limited. He's got a limited arm. Uh, he's a limited athlete, and he's not going to test some windows that you see in some other guys' highlight throws. That's okay. It doesn't have to be highlights across the board for your quarterback to be effective. Sorry. Welcome back, Scott. You look uh, beautiful. You no, know, I only spend two hundred dollars a month in internet. You, you know what? What do you really expect out of uh, gigabit speeds? I mean, come on. Yeah. Uh, well, we got we high expectations here. Welcome back. Um, you look great. Good to see you. Um, I was starting to get into it a little bit, getting a little bit, a uh, little bit heated. Uh, not heated, but passionate about how this this is the perfect formula for the Broncos winning complimentary football. Then the first f four drives of the game, three drives of the game. Absolutely perfect. Broncos get a long drive. They punt the ball. Sam Martin and Nate Harrison pin the ball on the one. They get a three and out. The Broncos get the ball back on the Chargers side of the field. They march it down seven to nothing, and we're off to the races. You can lean on the ground game at that point. And then even beyond that, in the next two drives, Chargers three and out, Broncos another touchdown. So uh, pretty incredible, 14 to zero, controlling it. And uh, that's this is exactly the formula. If the Broncos yeah, score first, we got a chance. You said it. That, that's exactly the formula we talked about the whole time, which included keeping healthy. And Shane, appreciate the stars coming in. Justin Field, too. The, yeah. the rookie quarterbacks are struggling across the board. Mac Jones, who is in the best situation, is having the best season. Not to be too big of a yeah. surprise there. But yeah. uh, you know, Trevor Lawrence didn't look all great, that great this weekend. Justin Fields has looked bad. Uh, we haven't seen anything of Trey Lance. Zach Wilson has looked awful. Um, yeah. So it's it's a tough league. It's a, yeah. it's a tough league to come into. So if you thought you had a playoff run, you weren't, you took a guy who you thought could help you win. Now the quarterback wasn't going to do that. Um, you know, I get the fact that you feel like you could be in limbo another two years, but you know, this, this was a playoff roster. Yeah. Um, but the, gotta, the, the formula, all of a sudden 
When... <laughs> Sorry, that one flashed up. The formula was pretty simple. Run the ball, protect the ball, play ding, good ding, defense. Ding. Protect the ball. Protect uh, the ball yeah. and play good defense. And yeah. this team was good enough to do that. And we've seen when they do that, they win. And they, two of their best wins have been pretty comprehensive. Mm-hmm. You know, the Chargers and the Cowboys. Those are two teams that will likely have a pretty good chance of being in the playoffs. Cowboys for sure. Um, and those were pretty comprehensive wins following the formula. Uh, getting good plays, runs after the catch, taking care of the ball, and relying on that defense to, to hold teams down and get you the ball back and wear them down. Yeah. And, uh, you know, rely on those big running backs. And I want to address this, to Colin, because suddenly all Nick's pet theories are getting blown to hell. There's a lot of data behind those uh, theories as well. And they're and, saying running backs don't matter is a lot of hyperbole because it's meant to be provocative, right? It's, it's, it's a, it's not a joke, but it's meant to be provocative. Uh, running backs don't matter is meant to be more so investing in the position instead of the offensive line and the run game is typically your running game is only typically going to be as good as the run blocking. Um, so, but Javante Williams looks great. And I think that uh, not spending a first round pick on a running back Broncos did exactly what I'd hope they do with the running back position this year. I had three guys on tier one, Travis Etienne, Najee Harris, and Javante Williams. Take the last guy on the board. Perfect. That's you got to run tier one running back with the latest pick of those tier run running running backs. That's great. Trade, draft trade it up to get him, which might've made you cringe just a little, just a bit. little bit, just, just um, a little eye tweaking, just a little the bit. Pick, the pick that they, they sent to the Falcons drink. <laughs> uh, to move up to that spot, actually had to yeah. play a lot at center yesterday. So, yeah. um, you know, it's funny. I read through the chat, you know, and stuff like, oh, I saw a couple dozen Chargers jersey. What's the matter yeah. with you guys, the Broncos fans? I'm like, are you joking? Yeah. If, if you know, being here in Atlanta with these franchises and being this is such a transient city where all the Yankees move south and then complain about the south, go back home then. <laughs> Um, if it was a 60, 40 split, we considered that a home field advantage. You guys were talking about a couple dozen people. You're spoiled. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, no, absolutely. But the, uh, the running backs were great in this game. I really liked them in the pass protection game and Denver has one of the best one, two running back punches in the game. And that's their identity this year. Uh, obviously EPA per play tends to, uh, lean more towards the pass game, but I think that's heavily influenced by teams that have really upper tier quarterbacks and the Broncos are limited at the quarterback position. They just are. Um, so you're going to lean more into your run game. You're going to play a little bit more ball control. And that's a winning formula. I was just saying, everybody right now is tripping over themselves to crown the New England Patriots. Oh, the Patriots are back. The Patriots are back. They're not asking Mac Jones to do diddly. Protect no, the ball. He's a 25th ranked guy right now or, yeah. or, or so. May have moved up into the 20th range. He's a, an Alabama Crimson Tide game manager from the from the 2000s. And he's and playing literally exactly, that's, yeah, you know, he had, yeah. he made more plays he had you know, yeah. but he had the, the weapons he had at wide receiver at Alabama were crazy, but I, I forgot he went to Alabama when I said that, but you know, yeah. I think at Jay Barker and the 92 Alabama Crimson Tide guys, a folk hero and never had to do anything, but turn around and hand the ball off and watch uh, Curry and Copeland destroy people on defense. Yeah. I mean, but at, to the same, at the same time, that can be winning football. If you protect the football, you have a very effective and efficient uh, ground game because of a good offensive line and your defense is out there, you know, pl- limiting teams to 14 points. You're going to win games as long as you're not, you're putting the defense in a bad position. And that's, I mean, if you switch Teddy Bridgewater and Mac Jones right now, honestly, the Patriots probably have another win because Mac Jones wasn't as good early in the season as he is now. Um, but they're playing effectively stylistically the same game right now. Um, but the last point to you, Colin, I'm, I'm emboldened by linebackers don't matter. As far as uh investment at the position, you are, have a first round or a, 
the last pick in the third round rookie out there looking like a stud. Um, and he didn't even have a full off season of work because he's been battling injuries and he already looks incredible. And you traded a 2023 seventh for Kenny young in a 2024 seventh talk about not using premium resources at the position and getting an, am- an amazing return on investment. Obviously if you have a difference maker swing away, but, uh, that I think that's it. I feel, I feel further emboldened by that take about the linebacker position because they didn't spend diddly on the position and they're balling out. Yeah. I, I think when, when Nick and I discuss this, we always, we, I talk about the exception to the rule. Uh, if you find an exception, you know, and I think Nick will agree with me on this. If you find, if you think Kyle Hamilton, you know, a safety uh, is that exception, then I'm okay taking him in the top five, you know, but you, you know, you better hit, you, yeah. you better hit on that because you, you took a, Miss on a guy in the top five, it hurts you anyway. But the yeah. the chances of you not getting any type of impact on a miss there is is stronger than you know it's it's at some of the more premium positions. And and Lawrence Rivera comes in and says, "What about Teddy playing hurt again yesterday?" Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I watched the the press conference from Fangio and from from Teddy yesterday, and he said something like, "You know, it always feels good when you win." Uh, he was he was pretty calm about it. I thought it was interesting. I didn't see any of this. But one of the reporters asked him a question about him taking criticism from standing away from his teammates. And he just kind of laughed and just shook his head. And like, you know, that that's strategic, you know, so I can see and relay things back to the quarterback that's in there. That's kind of what we do. Um, so, you know, people will find reasons to nitpick players that they don't particularly like, uh, whether they're good or bad. And I'm not just saying this about Teddy. I'm saying period. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done it a zillion times without yeah. a doubt. So, but um you know, Teddy, Teddy quit on a play. It was a bad look. It was really bad. He didn't quit on his team. Uh, if you question his toughness, watch what he's come back from with uh, with that knee injury of his. Uh, I don't question his toughness. I questioned his decision-making at that moment because you got to try and make a play, and he didn't. He quit on that mm-hmm. play, and that was bad. Um, but knowing what I know, what we know about Teddy, I expected him to make up for it. And I, I think he did. He had, he, had a, he had a solid game. Yeah, and I don't think you see this team respond the way they did today if uh, they didn't buy into Teddy Bridgewater's apology to them going to each team's uh, each positional meeting and you know talking with those players at a very small uh, small group. So, uh, man, Teddy played his heart out today. Um, he was efficient overall. I mean, I know that we had what it was only three targets to Judy, or even less than that, three to Patrick, three to Sutton as well. But this is a game where everything lined up in a way that you were not going to be taking a lot of shots to the wide receivers. The chargers are awesome in pass pass EPA per play defensively. I think they're eighth in the league coming into this game. They like to play two high shells. Um, and your offensive line was beat up to hell against Joey Bosa. That's one thing where it's schematic. Teddy Bridgewater, take what's there. Don't let Joey Bosa beat you because he can a one strip sack in the game's completely changed. You Bronco fans should know that as much as anybody look at super bowl 50, that strip sack, boom, uh, 10 to 10 to nothing. Broncos can just sit on the ball from there on out. Um, pretty much. They still have to put up some points, but I mean, 10 to zero that early because of a strip sack, totally different game. Um, so it was a perfect game uh, for the Broncos to protect the pass game, to not expose their pass uh, tackles and pass sets and uh, run run right into the the soft underbelly of the Chargers. Well, and let's let's look at the second half, right? Yeah. What was the first series was a three and out, I think. Okay. Then the Chargers keep the ball for a long time, and then you get it back. Okay, you need an answer. Yeah. It's uh, now one po- uh, one possession game, and you go on a long drive of your own. That was it. Yep. Then it was it was twenty one seven, I think, at the time. 
Um, by the time you get the ball back again, you've got a two score lead and you got to kill the clock and you just ran. Then it was, if you throw the ball, I'm going to smack you time. Um, so there there are only three drives and really only two where your intention was to try and score points in the entire second half. So if you're playing that way and you're playing this style, you're not going to get a lot of targets for your, for your receivers. We've said that before. Um, are you okay with catching three passes for 45 yards and putting a W on the board? I, I think they probably are. Um, would they like to be more explosive? Yes. And that's why you sign these guys long-term you sign those guys because you know what they're capable of and you plan on working your way towards that offense, but you can't play that way right now and win with the quarterbacks that you have. So you've got to be a little more conservative, especially against a team that's last in the NFL and rush defense. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you just got to play to who you match. The chiefs have also really struggled in run defense this season. Uh, Their linebacking play has been, below average i think they've looked a lot better uh with chris jones back in there no dip chris jones is probably one of the top three interior defensive linemen in football right now but um that's going to be a real real tough uh tough game for them i know that the offensive line looked solid in the inside zone run game but i do hope that dalton reisner is back out there for his pass protection because i do not trust moody at at all against chris jones is what does he have 35 and a half inch arm length or something and moody's at like 31 and a half or 32 and a half i mean that's Good, good luck in the pass protection um, in that situation. But uh, it's a game that worked out pretty well um, for the Broncos and the formula worked perfectly. If you can come out there and score first against Kansas City, you got a chance to control the rest of the game from there. It's going to be really hard to fall back behind two possessions when you're already up seven to zero or even like you know, three to zero um, pretty early. But it's that first quarter so important for the Broncos. It sets the tone and. I, I have to look at the data at some point. I have to see uh, if, what the Broncos are as far as first quarter scoring and how, how much that correlates to uh, wins losses, because I really think it sets the table. Facebook user coming in here. Um, not sure who you are, um, but he says, Nick and Scott, do you think it's time to elevate Rippin as the backup quarterback? Interesting question here. I am. I was really trying to avoid the drew lock stuff somewhat, um, but it is, I mean, we have to address it a little bit. Uh, what do you think here, Scott? My question on this is why is Brett Rippin on the roster? Okay, we know they don't like Drew Locke. That's that's not a bold statement that that Drew Locke doesn't have a lot of faith at, at, at Dove Valley, period of uh, administration, teammates, name it. So why is Brett Rippon on the roster? Because he could have been gone. You could have gotten something. He could, they could have he could have been signed away. Instead, you elevate him. He's taking up a spot. Those spots can be valuable. The way people drop like flies for the Broncos. He's taken up a spot on the 53 man active. Why? So it does, it wouldn't totally completely shock me to see the next time Teddy is out. If Brett Rippon was, has he been, has he been active? Has he been on the active roster at all? I know he's on the 53 man, but my guess is he probably hasn't been active. I think he was when Locke was on the sick list. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, But you know, why, why is this, why is this guy on the 53 man? if you don't plan on putting them on the active roster. So uh, I, think, I think there's something to that, to be honest with you. Yeah. And man, uh, talking about Drew Locke, man, what a micro microcosm of his entire career to date. Um, you see a couple really good throws. He flashes the arm talent. There's a couple awesome throws out there in the limited sample size that he had. Um, but he, there's an RPO call. Maybe you want to blame Shermer for even putting them in a situation where he could throw it, uh, where he throws that pick, but it's the wrong read off the bat in the RPO um, there's, he's got a helmet for a helmet on the left side, handing it to Javante Williams. And when you have a helmet for a helmet 
um, which means you, know, you have the same amount of blockers as you do defensive linemen on one side of the ball. That's where you go because that, that means the running back doesn't have to make a guy miss. And if he does have to make a guy miss, um, that means somebody missed their blocking assignment. Drew Locke pulls back the RPO roll and to the right, it's two Broncos pass catchers to four chargers defenders. And he throws it to where only the best defensive player on the chargers can get it uh, for an interception. And there's only one minute and 19 seconds left on the clock on a second down on that play. What are you doing? What the, 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 the team, they don't trust him, but maybe it's for good reason. Um, Drew Locke just cannot protect the ball and get out of his own way. Well, my, my only comment on that is a little higher level on this was he wasn't, he didn't play very well last year, you know, 30 bottom three, or maybe even the worst rated quarterback of the starters, 32, 31. Yeah. He wasn't going to get better as far as this, the way this goes playing backup minutes and not seeing any time. So he hasn't played since last season. He wasn't going to get better without playing. So what did what did we expect for him to come in? Hopefully not do something completely dumb Protect and give the ball. the ball away there. But he you're not going he's not going to come in and just magically start playing great without getting the time to do it. And the question has always been asked on this show on this channel, you know, at least we would know. Well, maybe they do know. Or at least they feel good enough to know in Dove Valley that we don't want this guy as our quarterback. Maybe they already know, and they don't have anything to prove to us. They don't have to run him out there and prove it to us that he doesn't belong out there. But I didn't have any expectations for him when he went out there because he hasn't been playing. He he wasn't going to improve over last season without playing and practicing with the ones, et cetera, et cetera. So he's a backup. He's going to play like a backup. Yeah, but he's got to play better if he wants to be a backup. You have to be I know. Uh, mentally prepared to go out there and execute. He's the day and, and all that and stuff, but my yeah. expectations were not high for him coming in basically cold. Yeah, I just – it's the situational awareness for me that just drives me nuts. You are up 14-0. to zero. The Chargers cannot get anything going. You're at about the 50-yard line with only uh, 80 seconds left in the half. You, you're going to go to the halftime – uh, even though you're going to give the ball to the Chargers with a 14-point lead. And the worst-case scenario here, you punt the ball to them with 60 seconds left, and they have to march the ball 80 yards down the field. I take that every time with the way they're playing. But the it's, interception, it's a touchdown, it's and that's tough what to fix bad decision-making. Yeah, It's tough. That's a that's a trait. You know, the, one of the things I look at in quarterbacks is, is you know, based on stats, is touchdown-to-interception ratio and, and accuracy. You know, I'm going to see, you know, is he taking care of the ball and is he, is he putting it in the end zone without giving the ball away too often? Um, and it was a, it was a, it was a small sample size, but it was a bad sample size yesterday. Yeah. It really makes me think of a classic Drew Locke quote um, from a press conference where he talks about being a gunslinger. And he's like, sometimes I throw the ball and as it leaves my hand, I'm like, Oh no, <laughs> me too, Drew. Um, and that's what happened with that Derwin James interception, man. It's just, Oh, that decision was so bad. It's, I, I can't get over it. <laughs> it was so bad. And it's not just, you know, the, the throw in itself was bad, but it was the wrong read on the RPO and a terrible um, situational awareness because that was the one thing you could not do there. We haven't even talked about the fumble, fumble on third down. Uh, Drew Locke fumbles for a first down, one, Teddy Bridgewater, zero. So eat that stat, nerds. Um, but uh, no, shout out to Tim Patrick for fighting for that ball and getting the first down on that Drew Locke fumble. But, you know, uh, Drew Locke finishes the game. He had some good throws out there. Let's, I mean, you saw a little bit of that mobility, um, but he finishes the game with a 0.2 QBR. Um, I don't want to bury him too much for it though. I mean, this is, I we're living moment by moment in this league, but I was also, you know, 
equally upset in the uh, the Cleveland game uh, where Teddy Bridgewater threw that interception, which in no man's land uh, to close out the first half. And it's like, buddy, you, you took points off the board. You don't need the touchdown there. You need the points. Don't put the ball in harm's way. Um, it's so, reward. Yep. Yeah. And uh, risk rewards a big part of the game management that we talk about almost as an insult when we call somebody a game manager. Yep. Yeah, you know? exactly. And it's like, oh, Not man, always like bad. <laughs> it's a couple of times in the red zone too. It's like, listen, uh, you don't, you don't have to come away with seven here, but you can't come away with zero. Uh, so in like that drive where Teddy bridge or a uh, drew lock, uh, the drew lock touchdown drive, it was third and nine, third and goal from like the nine. And then, the Chargers had only one guy in the box. What the hell are you doing? Chargers. And the Broncos call a perfect draw play for a touchdown for Javonzo Williams. That's living for the field goal there saying, listen, we got the box number. And if we don't score the touchdown here, that's fine. We are not turning it over. We need the points to go up two possessions. And uh, they got the touchdown. But it's just, it's so important for this team, how they're designed, that you cannot be turning the ball over. And it's just, you can't, you can't have it. You cannot have it. Something interesting I picked up on the radio that I want to kind of change the subject a little bit before I forget it again is on that that game-killing drive, the one that put uh, the Broncos up two scores. I think Teddy was something like five of six for 75 yards. You know, two great uh, third-down conversions, too. Uh, yeah, with the, you know, not, uh, great play from Javante Williams on a screen pass, et cetera, et cetera. The radio feed, and I don't know if this hit anywhere else, reported that the headphones had gone out. So there was no communication with the sidelines between Teddy Bridgewater wow. and and the sidelines. That's awesome. <laughs> and basically, you know, oh, that's really impressive that, you know, this, they, they get this done without the communication of the sidelines. And I kind of laughed and said to myself, maybe they got it done because they didn't have any communications with the sidelines. And Teddy was just take, Teddy was able to just take over and, and use his experience to, to get the ball to the right guys at the right time so that they could make plays. But that was a, a fantastic drive. And they did it with no communications. So I thought that was, I thought that was a little interesting. Yeah, it was, that was, that's awesome. Um, and Teddy Bridgewater had two or three really good uh, third down conversions on that. And that touchdown uh, pass. Um, I don't know if it was going to Noah fan or Eric Saubert. I don't care. He threw it to an area where only one of his guys could catch the ball and uh, to make a play outside of structure to, uh, use Joey Bosa's momentum against him and stay on his feet and then deliver a catchable pass for a touchdown that if that wasn't the nail in the coffin, it was damn setting it up for Patrick Sertan to hammer at home um, with that picks pick six that he had, man, what a great play, right place, right time. Uh, that's what good defense is, right? Preparation. I see it all the time with uh, my Iowa Hawkeyes, everyone drink, you know, eyes on the football. And when it's a tip drill, you take it and you go. Um, Greg Smith coming in. Good morning. Broncos for breakfast late. Got to catch the, sh the show after that's okay, Greg. Uh, we, we appreciate you. Um, hope you're doing well. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving, Greg. Um, yeah, so I, the other thing I want to get to, Sertan, um, I was very happy with Sertan in this game. Let's let's talk a little bit of nitpicking stuff here. Sertan it looks really good in coverage. I'm starting to get a little bit annoyed with his effort in tackling um, on the edge. I think he's somewhat of a little bit, he's too passive right now for how big he is at the point of attack, um, whether that be in the run game or the short pass game. There's a couple plays where he's just kind of holding a guy up and waiting for his defensive guys to get there. Sertan's a big player. He he. You, and with the way this defense functions, he cannot be a plus one. I want to see him be a little bit more aggressive. I mean, this dude needs to maybe spend the offseason with like Charles Tillman or something because the peanut punch, man, you're holding that guy, hit the ball. Uh, he could have had a trifecta. The Denver is doing a good job at creating interceptions this year, but I think they're bottom five and forced fumbles. Um, so that's something they should work on and look towards. But uh, 
I guess I, I love Sertan. He's playing great football and you're not paying him to tackle. It's about the coverage and the ball skills, but he's got to do a little bit better in the physical part of the game as far as uh, tackling in the run game. It's, and, it's a little ironic that yeah. one of the reasons I liked him so much was because of his physical ability. I always called him a, you know, a press and release type of corner, uh, you know, who can help and run support and make sure you're not getting the yards after the catch and stuff. And, and if anything, it's kind of flipped on its head a little bit where his coverage is probably a little better than we thought. Yeah. And he's not quite as uh, good in the run support or the, the tackles after the catch uh, as we had thought too. That'll come. And in some of this, I wonder a little bit, you know, just the way the game has gone, how much tackling do they actually do in practices? You know, you're not allowed to hit anybody anymore. Um, you're not allowed to, to cover anybody anymore. It's tough. It's tough to play defense. It really is. Yeah. Um, I was glad. Uh, didn't he get hurtled? Wasn't that, wasn't, was mm-hmm. that him yesterday? I'm like, mm-hmm. I was glad that needed and catch him dead on the forehead. I was like, that's how you end up getting a concussion on that. But, uh, you know, made the play I, again, picking nits is, is you're absolutely right. Because overall, you know, if you're grading guys and you got to come, okay, that's a negative, that's a negative. And overall, these guys are still ace across the board. Yeah. Um, so it was a, a, a great effort. And I actually listened to the call. I, I watched the first, it was the national game. So I actually got to watch this one live for a change, but then I, I changed it over to the radio uh, as they as they were putting the game away and and heard him heard, heard the radio call on that uh, that pick six I'm, I was like that's you know he could be gone I'm like oh he's gone <laughs> he's gone I knew I could hear that one he's gone yeah. they ain't catching yeah. him yeah and it, this game honestly it could have been even uh, more of a blowout um the Chargers put up essentially which was a garbage time touchdown um there was only like six minutes left and they drove down the field for a touchdown when they were down 28 to 7 mm-hmm. okay cool i'm glad you i hope you feel better about that um who cares well, right supposed the, to. what do you say yeah. take a knee you know go yeah. go yeah go score you gotta go score because no, anything this. can happen but yeah this is a game they made them uh march on the field and shout out to jared cook for making that incredible catch as well i think that was uh interesting enough maybe this is something that's starting to rear its head we got to talk about going forward with justin herbert but i think that was his only completion uh left of the hash marks on the left side of the hash marks in the whole game. So um want to watch for that. He's throwing a lot to the right in the middle of the field, but the left accuracy maybe is not so good. Maybe a little Mitch Trubisky there as far. That was a guy who could not hit the left side of the field to, to save his life. Um Jared's Cook, North Gwinnett player, I believe. He was from he was from pretty close to me. Play went, went to South Carolina, I think. Yep. Big, big wide receiver at the time. Grew into yep. that tight end spot. And he's been around a long time, had a nice career. Good for him. That was yeah. a hell of a catch. And yeah, it was well. that was one of those that was really fun to watch in super slow-mo, too. Is you know, it looks like you know, y'all ever play the old game 500, you know, throw it up and whoever could get to the ball. Yeah, that was, for sure. it was, uh, that was a, that was a heck of a play. And it's, it's fun to appreciate one on a play like that when you know, Oh, okay. That didn't matter. It, in my opinion <laughs> though, that was only the second best, uh, hops we saw in this game, maybe the third best hops. Um, Mike Williams, offensive pass interference catch. I don't know if it was offensive pass interference. That was just, that was an ma- amazing catch and Darby had perfect coverage too, but yeah, uh, I've perfect- seen worse. That's yeah. for sure. I've perfect. seen worse, not called. Perfect throw, perfect positioning beats perfect coverage every time. And that's what that was. But luckily they called the offensive pass interference. The other one, oh, best guy- you could use some breaks. God, really? You know, um, there's you could use some breaks, breaks going your way without a doubt. Yeah. The other one that really just, I can't get out of my head that uh, Baron Browning skying for the football and tipping it on third down. I mean, that dude had to have like a 40 inch vertical on that one. That was incredible. You're probably um, not what, far off of that. What an athlete, man. 56. He Broncos fans enjoy the linebacker play that you got right there. Cause I think he's going to, if he can stay healthy, 
he could be a real plus player and one of the best linebackers this team's had in a while. He was all over the field, Scott. Yeah, so I think good. he's just had some bad luck with injuries. He, he, I mean, what, he played like 60 games or something, not 60, but you know, he played almost all his games at Ohio state. Didn't I, maybe have missed one in three, yeah. four years. So there's no history there. Yeah. He's just had some bad luck who hasn't uh, with the Denver Broncos. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Steven Bumgarner's in the house, still rocking the Drew Lock photo here. Hopefully you're doing uh, well, Steven. Um, maybe we can I get like you that a, uniform. I, God, the next year they're going to the rule where they can have the different helmets. So we're going to see this next year, I think. I love the, uh, the lighter. I, I like that uniform. The lighter blue one with the shoulder stripes. Yeah, that is that is as gorgeous as it gets. That's my favorite uniform in uh, all of sports, honestly. Um, yeah, but the last thing I want to get to, I guess, before we get on here, any other nitpicking um, that you have from this game, things that you'd like to see better? I mean, it's really hard to nitpick because this game flow was essentially perfect. Um, the offensive line, it's hard to nitpick a guy when you're losing, you're down to your second string and a third string left tackle. Um, and, uh, the game flow was essentially perfect. I mean, the only thing no. I have is the decision making oh. on that lock interception was that almost lost you the game. Um, but other than that, that was a great game. I mean, that's, no, I, I want to oh, keep man. it positive because if there's anybody I've picked nits with, it's probably Natane Muti. Yeah. And I thought he had, he, that was as good as I've seen him look. Um, yeah. you know, I've only watched this year. Um, but you know, there's a lot of talk about, okay, he's, he's this guy, this guy, I'm like, I haven't seen it. I just, I just haven't. And there were a couple plays, you know, where I'm, where he's driving a guy and, you know, finishing blocks and doing all I'm like, who's that guy? And I'm like, oh yeah, that makes sense now. Cause I didn't recognize the number right off the bat. Cause I haven't, you know, had it seared into my memory. Cause he, he hasn't done enough to do that. Well, I'll remember yeah. his number now. So, um, as far as like underappreciated player, I know those are some of the guys, you know, some awards on different shows. Uh, I'm going to give it to, I'm going to give it to Muti. I thought he was my underappreciated player of the week. Yeah. And I want to get to Richie Rich here about that Browning pass. Um, he said he was way forward. And if he missed it, oh no. Um, Browning was playing his zone coverage and had uh, covered multiple guys that came across his zone and then was reading the quarterback's eyes, got depth and skied for the ball and got it. Um, if, uh, chargers get that one in i don't think it's because browning made any sort of mistake but he got the play because he is that kind of athlete and was keeping his eye uh, eyes on the quarterback so he still covered his zone while making a play essentially out of his zone um here we go teddy's hesitant to run his touchdown was nitpick worthy um he scored right like uh, i think he pulled down again i was listening to this so the play-by-play on the touchdown pass to saubert was teddy i could hear him say as he's running through it he says and i haven't seen it says teddy could run but throws it. So what we have seen though, Nick, and we, we said this before is Teddy is playing the game right now. Like he's, he's banged up, yeah. you know? And, and in this one, he was said he took a knock and it swelled up real bad. They, I think they probably took x-rays to make sure nothing was broken on his shin. Um, you know, like, listen, I could probably run this in, but I can also probably make this throw. I'm going to do the one where I don't have to get, take another lick. Um, and, and it worked out. So, but I get it. Um, cause I've seen times where, where I thought he could run for some and he's thrown the ball away. So he's, he's playing to me like he's, he's hurting, he's hurting a little bit. Yeah. And, uh, he's going to have to ice up son, hit the, uh, hit the ice bath. Um, because the chiefs, uh, under Steve Spagnuolo and the Broncos offensive line as injured as they are, he's going to blitz. Steve Spagnuolo loves to blitz. You're going to see a lot of different looks here. I bet you're going to see a lot of delays and twists and stunts uh, with the interior offensive line. 
And uh, hopefully we'll have both tackle tackles back. Hopefully Dalton Reisner isn't that seriously injured because Spagnuolo is going to put pressure on it and leave his coverage guys on an island. Um, and Teddy's probably going to have to take some licks and stand tough and deliver footballs under pressure because that's that's how Steve Spagnuolo rolls. Uh, so we'll see. Um, any other thoughts before we get on out of here? I mean, what a great game. Uh, shout out to um, special teams again as well. I mean, that's that punt where Nate Harris, perfect punt by Sam Martin, perfect coverage by Nate Harrison, putting it on the one. Um, that is that's exactly what you want. I mean, punting is winning when you can do it like that and make it that hard for the opponent. Um, so yeah, shout out to them as well. I think that's, that doesn't get enough height or hype. And uh, maybe again, everyone drink, maybe that's the Hawkeye in me because the Hawkeyes have been winning football games like that all season this year, um, pinning teams in the five. And then the defense gets the offensive great field position and the offense scores a touchdown, uh, not having to go very far. That's fine. That's perfect. If you can play complimentary football like that, that works in every single league. Um, so, uh, just wanted to give them as another special shout out before we get out of here. No, we, um, my, my only point on here is these are the Broncos. We know you can be, we know it, do it again, yep. go do it again. Um, I said at the very beginning, the teams that the Broncos have struggled with are the teams that are, are going to bully in the trenches that just want to just be nasty. I don't think that's the chiefs. I'm not sure there's another one of those teams, uh, on the schedule to be honest with you. So let's take care of business, run the ball, Play good defense, take care of it, score and you got your opportunities and playoffs. Playoffs. Yeah, playoffs. Maybe it's so. a it's definitely a possibility. Um Broncos offensive line, let's get healthy. Um and everybody enjoy the win. This has been a uh, been a good time. Broncos are gonna play meaningful football for the AFC West in December. We haven't said anything like that since uh twenty fifteen. So everybody enjoy it. That's the last time the Broncos um, beat Kansas City as well. Uh, week two, 2015. God, feels like eons ago. How much has happened in the world since 2015? My God. Um, but this is exactly where you want to be. And uh, if the Broncos lose this game against Kansas City, the season isn't over. But if they win this game against Kansas City in Arrowhead, buddy, everything they want is right in front of them. And they could they can go as far as they want. I mean, for real, like good defense and rushing the ball effectively. That translates to win when it's sloppy outside, and we're going to see some cold weather sloppy football coming up here. So appreciate you guys. We're going to get on out of here. Everyone keep enjoying the high right now, and everyone's like, oh, we can't hang on or rest on our laurels too long and think about it. You're a fan. You know, you're not going to go out there and suit up on Sunday. Uh, so <laughs> if you guys want to enjoy this uh, the Chargers game, I say keep doing it because this was a great game, and every single game in the NFL is tough. I mean, everybody was really saying the Broncos didn't beat anybody uh, weeks one through three, and we saw the – Jets and the Giants win last week. So, uh, I mean, that's every single game is hard. Uh, you can't take anybody for granted. So enjoy the win. Enjoy, enjoy playing meaningful football and get your trash talking to the chiefs right now. You know, we, we got a chance. So just enjoy your moments. Um, Scott, what's the rest of the day looking like for you? You're going to watch some more of this, uh, Broncos game again, maybe some college football with what's, what's on the docket. Oh, uh, we'll see. I think mine's fairly open today, actually. So I might catch up on a few things. Okay. All right. Well, um, Hopefully everyone had a good one. Uh, you guys can follow Scott and I on Twitter. Scott is at Scout Kennedy and I am at Nick Kendall MHH. You guys can also follow us at Huddle Up Pod and at Mile High Huddle. If you're on Facebook, make sure you're following us at facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle and facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle Pod. YouTube folks, please subscribe to Mile High Huddle. Like the page, share the shows um, after the fact when it's going on. Uh, we really appreciate when you do that. I always see um, some people sharing that on their socials or come across it on a different Broncos page. Always really, really appreciate that. Always catches me off guard. Like, oh man, who's that ugly guy? Ah, that's me. Okay. Um, but uh, appreciate you guys for doing that. Also make sure you're joining Scott's channel, following us there at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Scott Kennedy. Um, great win. Complimentary football. 
that's how you want it. Didn't even, uh, not even a lot of stress there. A little stress going into the, uh, into halftime, but coming out, leaving, uh, leaving no doubt on the field. So appreciate you guys. Good vibes only victory Monday. We will see you tomorrow morning at 7:30 mountain time for probably some more Broncos chargers talk. Maybe go over some of the grades here. Um, you guys stay safe, be kind, go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos.